Welcome and thanks for tuning in. While you listen to this podcast and think about the topics that we'll explore, remember, the areas you're moving into are always most important. Plan well and move to protect others and yourself. That's how you deliver flawless service and move America safely. So enjoy life and enjoy this podcast. y'all to another episode of keeping it rail who do we got today travis today we have our vice president of reefer and dedicated customer service kevin leaders the man the myth the legend i know that guy (laughs) welcome aboard kevin good to be here kevin tell us what you did before you came to rail um, before I joined the rail team, um, I was my dad owned uh, gravel trucks, heavy machinery, worked in that pretty well um, all my uh, days through high school and even a little bit beyond that. And then uh, so winter this came is, up. This is back in the coal burning days? Oh, it's, it's back there ways, yeah. <laughs> steam powered, steam powered <laughs> trucks. <laughs> and uh, after that, uh, I needed something to do in the winter, so I, I had the opportunity to ro- drive a semi. So. Uh, my first load, I went to California. And that first load to California was here with rail? No. Okay. No, it was with another company. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I drove there a while, and um, when I was running the West Coast, uh, I ran into a few rail drivers uh, periodically, and uh, they really seemed to be enjoying themselves. So I stopped in here one day and talked to Everett and asked if there was any opportunity uh, to join the team, and uh, he gave me that opportunity. But the, again, the reason I came here is just uh, talking to the drivers on the road. Good, so good group of drivers. Everett, for anybody that doesn't know, is the original founder of Rail. Right. Rick Rail is in charge now. That is Everett's son. Um, what about what year was this that you started over here? Uh, just ballpark. I, I think it was eighty-one, somewhere 81. somewhere around there. These were the old cab overs, right? That's exactly right. I I had I've uh, seen the pictures. I've driven some of them, but not for <laughs> rail. I mean, I started in a cab over too, yeah, but yeah. I've seen one sitting in the shop in Appleton. Yeah, yeah, they're uh, they were definitely different back then, but uh, yeah, good trucks. Uh, I think I had three of them while I drove here. Three right. different ones, a uh, couple new ones, and uh, yeah. So how long did you drive for forever? <sighs> I would say I probably in that four year four years or so somewhere in there. Um, yeah. And then the transition to working in the office came out? Uh, that was quite interesting also. Um, we didn't have any dry vans. And um, Everett asked me if I'd take a dry van load to Dallas, Texas. And I did that. And I unloaded down there, and he told me to start heading north. So I did that. I ended up coming all the way back to Marshfield empty. Uh, got back to Marshfield, uh, hooked back up to my flatbed, and went to work. It was about a month later, Everett said, hey, would you take another van load down to Dallas? I said, sure. Hooked up to the trailer, went to Dallas, unloaded, Said this, told me the same thing, start heading her north. I said, Everett, uh, are you going to run me all the way back empty again? And uh, he said, well, I might. He said, I just don't have anything down there. You know, we were new in the dry van business. We didn't have many of them. And, uh, you know, he told me to start heading north. 
I said, well, Everett, I said, I wildcatted for a while. I can load myself down here and, and get myself a load back up to the Midwest. Well, go ahead and do that, he said. So I did that. Um, so I hauled the load and uh, got empty, come back here, and went back on my flatbed again. Um, it was a little while down the road. I don't remember exact time, but um, I was asked if uh, I could come in the office and help load some vans. And uh, I said, yeah, I could try that. I said, I don't know if I, I w you know, would like to do it, but I'll try it. And they told me, well, that's all right. We don't know if we'll like having you in the office either. So it'll, it'll be a good fit. <laughs> so that's how it got started. So I had the opportunity, um, you know, to, to load our vans. I started running our van division. I did that for quite a while. And I think we probably got up to around 90 trucks or so, maybe close to 100. And uh, I just couldn't do it myself anymore. Sure. So I had to ask for help. It's a lot. It is. It, it, it was a lot. But it was really... It was it was fun doing it, you know, making it grow and and I think that probably the best thing of it was the the drivers I got to deal with every day. Um, we had a lot of good drivers that made it work and uh, worked hard at it, and uh, we just kept it growing. So um, it, it's that's where it started, you know. So right on. So then after after you got your help, um, you're still doing vans at the moment, right? Right. Um, it, it grew and grew and then your role changed. Yes. What, what was the next step? Um, ran the van, uh, for, for a fair amount of time. And then, uh, the opportunity came on the flatbed side. Um, you know, I had the opportunity to move over to the flatbed side and, uh, work that for quite a few years, uh, which was very rewarding also. You know, I knew the business well, um, and, uh, a bunch of good drivers there also and uh, enjoyed doing that for, I lose track of time, but it was quite a few years I, I ran the flatbed and, you know, it was, it was enjoyable. Fantastic. And then after that, I'm assuming the reefer started up at some point there? Uh, that's exactly right. Um, uh, Rick and I were talking, uh, you know, is, is it the right thing to get into the reefer division, you know, or, or reefer fleet? And, um, you know, with what we have in our area, dairy farmers and uh, the cheese and so on, um, you know, Rick made a decision he wanted to go down that path. So uh, we ended up uh, buying a small company that had reefers and, and drivers, and uh, we took that over. And that's where we began the reefer division. When you, when you said small company, was that the one that I was part of, or was it before that? Uh, it, there was one before that. Okay. Now I, I'm I'm afraid to do this, but you you guys rail rail bought out the company that I was working for, so I always tell everybody I was drafted here at Rail, and you've told this story a few times, so I want to get it on the podcast. The day that you met me, every time he tells this story, it gets bigger. So tell us all about it. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I'll forget that uh, day. <laughs> um, yes, it was a very small company where you were at, uh, mm -hmm. but a good company. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we had the opportunity to purchase the company. And uh, one afternoon, we had the opportunity to talk to some of the drivers. And uh, you were in that group. Um, you definitely stood out because you were definitely the biggest guy. Um, I told you. 6'3". Yeah. Well... 
And when a 6'3 guy walks up to you and tells you, hey, I'm not happy with what's going on here, and he had a look in his face, uh, it, it was interesting for a while. And he used to run mail across Europe. Yeah. So you got <laughs> but, but one thing I will say. Um, from, ours, from our perspective as the drivers of that smaller company, we did not get any notice or anything that this was happening. Yeah. I literally parked my truck on Friday. I went home for the weekend, and I came in on Sunday because I had a delivery on Monday down in Chicago. I wanted to get a head start and be down there. They had peeled off the stickers from the previous company, and there was rail transport stickers on the doors of our truck with a Post-it note that said, report to the office. And I went in there, and Eric and Kevin were there, and I was not a happy camper. I have to say, though, rail took over. They changed some things. They made it fantastic. I have never been. I've never been at a job this long, so obviously I like it here. You know what I mean. So, I, it, it it was good changes, and I'm yeah. I'm glad that you guys did that. But it's funny. I think you're holding back though on this story. Uh, <laughs> I am. I am a little bit. <laughs> but uh, you know, one thing I would say is is I'm glad you gave us the opportunity to talk to you and and. I still remember asking you, please give this a try for a while. And uh, you did that, and, hey, it worked out for both of us, you know. We got a good driver, and and uh, hopefully uh, you enjoy working here. So I enjoy working here. I can't imagine me going anyplace else. Now, now I'm in the office, completely different role. Things change. Yeah. So after that, after that business merger, you had suddenly a couple of cold storage warehouses. Yeah, um, we we did get into some uh, cold storage warehouses. Uh, that was part of that business we bought, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it was good for us. We did get out of the warehousing here probably eh, not quite a year ago, but uh, we decided, uh, you know, we wanted to focus more on the transportation side of the business. And, um, you know, we made a decision to, to uh, sell that book of business, our warehousing. I looking back at it, um, I will say I think it was the right decision for us to do. Um, you know, let's focus on what we're good at, trucking. And, Very good. Um, you know, uh, I think it was a good decision. And uh, you know, we take a lot of value and pride in what we do, uh, from servicing our customers to uh, taking care of our drivers. You know, it's really important to us that uh, we take care of our drivers. We got a lot of metrics in place to make sure that uh, that we're doing the right things for our drivers. So, yeah. So that brings us up to current times. So your role basically consists of you call the customers, you go make bids on loads. I mean, how does all that work? Sure. Good good question. Um, I deal a lot in, uh, you know, when we're bidding um, with our customers, uh, developing new lanes, um, making sure that we're taking care of our customers. So what are the biggest... What are the biggest challenges that we face currently? Holding on to price and servicing your customers. And, uh, you know, right behind that, or maybe even in front of that, is is making sure our drivers are still productive. Um, you know, volumes are down a little bit, and um, we're working harder than ever to keep our, our drivers busy and keep our equipment loaded. And a productive driver uh, that does things the railway and gets places on time, uh, services that customer well, that helps us hold that price, right? Absolutely, it does. Very good point. 
Um, you know, uh, I was just at a customer yesterday, and uh, we were awarded some business. They made it very clear why we did receive that award. Um, it's because of our service, delivering that load on time, picking it up on time, getting it there safely. And uh, that's, that's one thing that, uh, that our drivers do very, very well. On a previous episode, I was mentioning how we got a good thing going here. You know, our maintenance is superb. Yeah. We got good equipment. We got the family owned and ran, you know, that you good bet. feel. Uh, we got good people. So in order to keep that all held together and in order to offer people uh, driving jobs and driver support jobs uh, in that atmosphere, you know, we got to do a really good job. You bet. Yeah, and, and, and them are very good points that you bring up, you know, and, and, and that's why we've been able to grow over the years. Um, really, it comes down to, to, to the value, right? Um, taking pride in what you do, you know. Um, I talked to a driver this morning out in the driver's room, a, a owner-operator for us, just paid his truck off, you know. That's, that's why I can do what I do every day um, is because the people that are committed here um, you know, the, their work ethics and, and they take a lot of pride in what they do. And um, I, I firmly believe that's why rail transport has, has uh, grown over the years and, and the reason we are successful. Um, again, surrounding yourself with good people. Yeah, we have a wonderful team here uh, when, it, when it comes to service. Um, obviously, we can't be on time for every load. Things happen. You bet. Okay. The important thing for a driver to do in a situation like this to help us maintain that service is the communication, yeah. right? Um, what are what are some other things that a driver might want to do to help us sure. maintain that service? That, that's a very good question. Thank you. Our environment changes every day. We have weather, we have breakdowns, uh, sickness, whatever it is things come come up that we have to deal with. You know, but I think where we still can service our customer is I'm gonna put that back in that driver's court. He or she is communicating with us. Hey, the roads are bad. I, I don't feel comfortable out there. I'm gonna park. That's a-okay, that's, that's what we want. But it's back to that communication. They're not just doing it, they're letting us know, hey, I gotta park, the roads are bad. We can communicate that with our customer. They know where their freight's at. They know we're shut down. Here's what our here's what we're looking for uh, on an, on our new delivery time. You know, uh, the communication has to be there. We can still service the customer. Same goes with breakdown. If if a driver gets in trouble and and we have a breakdown or a flat tire, we can relay that information. We're still providing our customer with good service. Absolutely. And everyone has plans, and we all operate on a limited linear time frame. Sure. So we can't just leave people hanging. Right. Especially businesses. Yes. Yeah. Especially with inventory and things like that. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but it, if we deliver loads late, there, there could be penalties involved, you know, for delivering that load late. Um, where, the, where the product we're delivering, the customer we're delivering that for, they could get penalized. You know, so services, I, I've been here at rail 41 years, and I've never seen service um, where it is now. It is very, very important. And again, we know there's going to be issues, right? 
there's going to be hurdles to overcome. But we still got to stay focused on that service. And, and anytime, um, you know, our drivers get, get behind the eight ball, something goes wrong, um, we, we got to know that so we can relay that to our customer. And what is it about uh, the times that we're in right now that places service, you know, so high and uh, critical? Yeah. Well, I think a lot of that is, is um, you know, Again, some of the customers put penalties in place, which can be very costly, right? So that everybody's going to push that service side of the business. And I think the other side of it is if, if, if we don't service the customer, they're going to look for other options. You know, how do I get my product here on time? Um, we could lose business real quick nowadays because there's, there's other options for them to, to move that product, right? There's other carriers looking for the volume. Um, you know, there's there's somebody that will haul it, you know, so I think that's why service is at the forefront right now. Um, and, and the other side of it is the volumes are down, right? Um, I'm going to just be honest. Our customers have time now to monitor service, to make sure they're getting what they're paying for. Where a year and a half ago, my team could book as much freight as they wanted to. And we would tell the customer, hey, I, I can't deliver it when, you, when you're asking me to. Well, just take the load and get it there when you can because they couldn't cover the load. There was so much freight out there. It's changed. We're not in that arena right now. And yeah. I would say service is always important. I mean, we want to do a good job at what we do, right? Yes. Yeah. But now even more so because of the competition. and Yes. And, and, and our customers' demands. Yes. Absolutely. And that's what that's that's kind of a good thing about competition. It makes you sure. perform better. You bet. And we're good at performing good. Yes, we at are better. Yes, we are good at rising to the challenge here. That starts with booking the right freight, making sure the right information's in there, make sure we got good equipment, making sure the driver understands uh, what the game plan is, right? Uh, so he or she can execute to that. So you've been doing this for a long time, even even longer than me, which is hard to believe. <laughs> um. We've been in these, I don't know if you want to call it a slump or a dip or something. We've sure. been in these before. Sure. Um, but it is kind of a cyclical thing. So are there any signs of it picking up? Good question. Um, I mean, you said there's not as much freight out there to haul. Yeah, right. So, I mean, is there any signs of it picking up? I don't see that in the near future. Um, and, and I've been seeing this probably for a, quite a while where inventory has built. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm sure you heard it from your drivers. Um, hey, I'm here. I can't get unloaded. Sure. Uh, we've heard way too much of that probably the last eight months. Hopefully some of that inventory can get down. Um, you know, and I think the other big thing is is um, inflation, you know. Hopefully that's, that gets under, under control and, uh, you know, people start uh, – Spending a little bit There's more. There's a lot of factors in that. Oh, you bet there is. Oh, Absolutely. Then, yeah, COVID, war. Yes. Et cetera. Yeah. You know, but uh, but again, I think it. we've been through these before. I've been through quite a few of them. I think the main thing is, is, is we work close together. And that is one of the reasons why you're here today. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this podcast is all about. Drivers, as a former driver sitting in the truck. Yes, sir. Um. All I knew was my dispatcher. Yeah. 
I don't know anything about the company. I think this podcast is great because just listening to the episodes that Mike did, I found I learned all kinds of things that are going on in the company. You know, we've met all these people through the podcast, and it it makes you it makes it more of a family thing. Drivers feel drivers. Well, me, I'm speaking for me. I feel great knowing the people that I'm working with, and this is a great way to get to know them. I mean, obviously, you can't have every driver parading through the office to meet you in person, so this is the next best thing, you know. So, Appreciate that. do you have any more questions? I don't think so. Well, then let's get away from rail for a minute. What do you like to do on your free time? I know you don't have much free time because <laughs> I see you here in the morning when I get here. You're here when I leave in the evening, so I know you don't have yeah. much free it's, time. Well, I, I, I find time. Um, one thing that I do every year is uh, I like to go to Alaska. Um, I've been doing that for quite a few years. Um, I I have a friend up there. He's a bush pilot, and uh, he takes me out and drops me off in the middle of nowhere, and I get to uh, live out there for a few weeks. And... Um, it's a good thing for me. I'm uh, assuming you're hunting or something out yeah. there, not just living in a yeah. shack out. Y- yes, I am hunting. <laughs> Comes I am. back with a big beard. Yeah. <laughs> I, that I do. Um, no, I'm hunting moose. Moose. Uh, yeah, but but it's it's really not all about hunting. It. I think it's more of when I go out there by myself. Uh, it's more about surviving, getting through the day, uh, so I can get up the next day and do it again. But uh, it's it's. I look forward to it every year. It's very peaceful and. Uh, it sort of brings things back into perspective for me. I'm not much of a hunter personally. Um, used to do a lot of hunting when I was younger. You know, it was a family thing every year. You know, we'd get together and go deer hunting, you know. Sure. I moved away from the family, lived in Germany, the military, and all that kind of stuff, and just got out of the habit. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I came back to Wisconsin and went deer hunting for the first time, I was like, this is ridiculous. It's too cold for me. I've gotten old somewhere along the way, and I don't want to sit out there in the cold. Yeah, I do, however, like to go small game hunting. There's nothing I like better than walking through the woods in a fall day with a 22. Beautiful, just love it. Yeah, don't care if I get a squirrel or not. Yeah, if I do, I'm eating it. They're delicious, but you bet. It's really just about the walk in the woods and the quiet. Yep, that's what it's about. You bet. And I've been trying to do more of that with the grandkids. You bet. It's fun stuff. You bet. So what about anything else? Any other hobbies? I know you got a kid that's into racing or something, right? Yeah, we, we do. We, we snowmobile race every snowmobile year. Snowmobile racing, yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. yeah, we do that as a family, and, uh, um, you know, we enjoy that very much so. Uh, we had the opportunity. I shouldn't say we. My son had the opportunity a few times to go to the Winter X Games and things. But, uh, yeah, it's been good for us, and uh, we enjoy it as a family for sure. Aren't the X Games the ones where they're doing all the jumps and flips and stuff? Yes, it is. Yeah. He did not do that, and nor would I want him to do that. Uh, he races snowcross. We'll leave. We'll stay in that arena. Okay. And uh, your son, who races, went hunting with you, right? I seen the pictures. He, yeah, he did. Uh, matter of fact, I went in uh, about two and a half weeks on my own last week, and he came in the last week, and uh, and he was able to uh, get a very nice moose. I was very happy for him. That was my. I was praying that he'd have the opportunity, and my prayers were answered. Fantastic. Yep. So you want to ask him the uh I definitely want to ask him the survey question. I just We have a new survey question. I was just wondering if you had anything else you wanted to add. I don't think I don't think so. Okay. So our survey question is if you could have a dinner party with three people, alive or dead, doesn't matter, who would those three people be? Wow. 
who come up with that? Jessica Johnson. Jessica Johnson. <laughs> Customer service in flatbed, so she's sort of on your team. You can blame her. <laughs> well, that's a that's an interesting question. My first choice would probably be my grandfather. I rode along with my grandpa a lot of sure. times on Saturdays. Sure. He taught me a lot. Um, I wish I would have. I wish you would have been here longer. But uh, I'd say I'd love to have sit down and have uh, have uh, dinner with Grandpa. There you he go. Would be one. Um, number two. Boy, that's a good one. Number two. Um, Just for examples. Yeah. Travis over here wants to sit down with Donald Trump. Well, I could see that in Trav. Yeah, yeah. And, and he came to my mind for, for just a minute. He did. Um, you know, that, that would definitely be interesting. But I, I, I don't know if he'd be my, my one, two, or three choice, you know, but he'd be up there for sure. Um, I love politics. And yeah. I love that kind of stuff. So yeah. He's yeah. on my list. Yeah. I yeah. think it would Absolutely. be. Absolutely. He's got the would, musicians. I think it would be a interesting conversation. I would probably pick, and, and I thought about this right off the bat. I'd probably want to sit down with George Washington. That's a good one, yeah. That is a really and, good one. And and the reason I would say that is how do you keep the people on the same track and work work together through things, you know what I'm saying? I, and I think that's one thing. This, this is just me talking. I think that's one thing we have to look at as as Americans, you know. Um, how do we get through through things together? Just like the rail team here. How do we how do how do we win every day, right? Because we're on the same page and and we want to win together. And That's and it. I think the big thing is we know how to win together. So and you have uh, things like the competition, you know, the service yes. competition and competition within, you know, yeah. and all that kind of drives some stuff that can divide. And you bet. How do you like overcome that stuff? You know. And yep. Yeah. So do we have a third? Third. I didn't realize this question was quite that difficult. No, it, it, it well, more, you can. The more, the more we ask it, the, yeah. the more interesting it gets. I would say the third, you're probably going to laugh at this one, but I'm going to say it. I'd like to go to dinner with Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley. Elvis, right? Yeah. That would be, there would That's be some stories. There. Yeah. Yeah, I think. I like I'd, that one. I I think uh, that'd be very interesting sitting down with him. You know, I love to listen to him, and uh, you know, uh, there's a guy that that I think handled himself pretty well. You know, enjoyed life. Uh, definitely could sing. Definitely could move. But uh, no, I think I'd enjoy sitting down with him for a while and uh, picking his brain. I definitely think that would be an interesting conversation. Yeah. Of course, me. I went with all musicians. Of course, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a bit of a musician. And sure. You know, first thing I said was Willie Nelson. You know, just yeah. no yeah. hesitation. I was all over Willie Nelson. Yeah, and then BB King, of course. You know, sure. Well, and and I'm fortunate enough to have my mom and dad are still alive. You know, otherwise, you know, they probably would have been one and two. But that's how I was kind of thinking about it. Yeah. My wife, you know, like yeah. family. Yeah, they're here. Yeah. So I'm gonna go like yeah in that direction. Yeah. But yeah. Yep. So is there anything else you'd like to add? We have a way to find good talent. And yeah, sometimes things might not fit in one area for a person, but let's figure out where can they help us. 
um, again, that's back to the rail culture and, and helping people be successful, you know, so. So we ready to wrap this up, Travis? Let's do it. All right, y'all, until the next time, keeping it real, keep the shiny side up and the dirty side down. Yeah, thank you for being here, Kevin. Thanks for having me. That's it, that's a wrap. Yeah.